0: There, welcome to another life-transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwit Achero. It's time for the word, brothers and sisters. So let's go to First Corinthians chapter 14. We've been looking at the ingredients of building. Somebody say the ingredients of building. Say it again, the ingredients of building. I can't hear you shouting louder, the ingredients of building. And we have been looking at the story in Genesis chapter 11 of this group of guys who came together to build. Uh, They were united. The first thing we realize is they were united. And the second thing is they spoke one language, and this is the language of building. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, breaks down for us the language of building. Verse 6, this is what the Bible says, but now, brethren, if I come to you speaking... um, With tongues, what shall I profit you unless I speak to you either by revelation? Somebody shout, Revelation. And we looked at revelation, which is the language of the kingdom, which is the language of building. And then by knowledge. Somebody say, Knowledge. Last Sunday we looked at knowledge, the language of knowledge, which is the language of building. And then Paul says, By prophesying. Somebody say, Prophesying. So today we want to look at the language of prophecy, which is the language of building. The language of prophecy is the language of building. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you speak to us today. Why don't you lift up your hand and tell God to speak to you this morning. Tell God, speak to me through the message, through the sermon. Enlighten me today. Change my life today transform me today. Is that how you pray? Raise your voice and ask God to speak to you today through his word in the name of Jesus. Change my life, transform my life, push me to the next level. I receive, I receive your word today in Jesus name. We all shout a big amen. Is that a big amen? Shout a big amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, if you don't speak, Your mouth will stink, isn't it true? So everybody shout a big amen. 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 So the language of (coughs) prophecy is the language of building. The language of prophecy is the language of the kingdom which is the language of building. Now, the prophetic, because we're looking at the language of prophecy, I want to demystify, you know, what prophecy is. Because what I've realized is that Kenyans have become very gullible to the prophetic ministry. Anybody who comes and he says he's a prophet, he immediately gathers a crowd. And we have relegated prophecy to me telling you what I see about your problems. If you get somebody who can tell you why you are not married. Why you are struggling at the place of work. Why you feel like somebody is after you. And they say that person is your mother-in-law. He confirms your suspicions. Ah, you feel very nice. Isn't it? But I want us to look at the prophetic from the scriptures so that we really understand what the language of prophecy is. By the time I'm done, you realize that your pastor is a prophet. (laughs) Oh, yes. You understand what I'm talking about? And prophecy should not just be limited to someone seeing the color of your vest. Maybe that one will not really move you until he tells you the color of your underwear. Then you say, hey, this is a man of God. It should not be limited to that. Tell your neighbor it's wider than that. And so we want to break it down. We want to demystify, we want to demystify what the prophetic, what is this language of prophecy so that we can understand it fully. Now, the prophetic is characterized by three things. Number one, it is filled with mystery. Somebody say mystery. Mystery, why is it filled with mystery? It's because it is supernatural. It is very supernatural because this is somebody that has an extra eye. He has the word of knowledge. He can tell you things that you know very well that this person doesn't know about. That's what I'm saying. It is a mystery. It is supernatural. And how do you explain Elisha knowing what Gehazi did by receiving the gifts that Naaman had brought? And Elisha was not in that particular location. That's a mystery. That's how powerful the prophetic is. Uh, you know, how do you explain, you know, Elijah hearing what you and your husband are talking about in the bedroom, and he is not in your bedroom? Let me rephrase. How do you explain our pastor hearing? It's a mystery. I'll not finish. it's It's, it's, It's a mystery. It's supernatural. That when the prophetic gift is at work, you don't need to be in a particular location to know what is happening in that location. It's like God gives you knowledge, supernatural knowledge. God opens your eyes to be able to see what is happening or to understand what is taking place in a different location from where you are as a prophet. So it is filled with mystery. Number two, the prophetic is filled with mystique. It's filled with mystique. In other words, it is fascinating. It is really fascinating. It is riveting. I mean, somebody can tell you things until you, you, you are blown away. You know, he can just come to you, look at you like this. He's meeting you for the first time and he says, who is Harry? Harry? Or he can say, who is Harold? (laughs) And, and, And you just collapse. This is somebody who is meeting you for the very first time, you know. And he's like, he knows so much about you. The prophetic is fascinating. And that's why crowds are attracted to the prophetic. Because you want to stand before this person. And then you tell the person to go forensic. Go deeper, man of God. Go deeper. Tell me things. And the guy goes back to when you were born, what happened, how you were named, who was there, then goes to your school, to your primary school, your secondary school, and those things are fantastic. I'm telling you they are fantastic. And sometimes God allows those things so that you may be able to believe in what God is about to say about you. God God allows those things so that you may know that he has revealed to this prophet things about you. Jesus tells this woman who was at the well, go and call your husband. Then she says, I have none. Then Jesus says, okay, let me now explain to you. You have six men. No, you have five. And the one you got recently is not even yours. Now, if somebody tells you that, you're finished. Because he's telling you the truth, isn't it? Yeah, he's telling you the truth. So the, the prophetic can be fascinating as, as, as well. That's why crowds are really attracted to the prophetic. That's why you realize a lot of prophets are very rich. Very, very rich. They, they, they drive top-of-the-range cars. They have private jets. You understand? Because if I come to you and tell you, you know, your name is Zeph, and I don't know you. You married recently a woman called Ima. Before I continue, you are now on the floor. <laughs> true or not true? Yes. And the Lord is saying, I can see in the realm of the spirit that your wife is pregnant. You will you, you now be rolling, mucus will be coming out of your nose. Because now, you are now even worried. What else is he going to say? And he's having a microphone. (laughs) It's at that point where you say, Lord, please spare me. Lord, please. The way this guy is going is not good. And if that prophet begins to tell you why you are struggling and why things are not working the way you want them to work, look, you will give that prophet all your money. By the time Pastor Zeph is coming from that floor, he has wiped his nose, he has wiped his tears, he has now composed himself. The next thing is thinking about how can I bless this man of God? So if, if he had savings, he will go and withdraw all his savings and bring to that man of God. A man who told, him, told me many, many things, including the reasons why I've been struggling in life. That's why I'm saying it is fascinating. Very fascinating. That's why crowds will always flock around the prophets. You understand what I'm saying? Now, you see, you, you need to understand that a pastor cannot be in this realm of the prophetic for long because a pastor is married to the church. And one of the things a pastor does is to get to know people without using the prophetic gift. I know Pastor Zeph, I do know him. I know, I know before he came to Nairobi where he was and what he was doing. I know he's married because I'm the one who joined them. So I don't need a prophetic gift to tell him all these things. Isn't it? I have his number in my phone, but I've not crammed it. I don't need to cram it. Because if I want to call him, I just scroll my phone and call him. I'd rather cram other things but not his number. (laughs) Are you understanding what I'm saying? You see, it's good for me to explain that so that you don't think your pastor is dry. You understand what I'm talking about? Yes, I'm I'm not dry. But I, I have crammed my wife's number. You get what I'm talking about? Yes. So it's fascinating because people, people are attracted to anything that is out of the ordinary. And they will think that that person is more anointed than a pastor that they have. But when they stay around that man who is now a prophet, you realize after a while that prophet is no longer prophesying over their lives. Because he already knows them. That's why you hear a lot of prophets say, Do you know me? Because before they speak, they want to confirm to the congregation that they don't know the person. Do you know me? Do I know you? Have I ever called you? Have we ever met? <laughs> Do I know your house? Do you know my house? <laughs> <laughs> So tell your tell you, it is fascinating. Yeah, prophets are rich, I'm telling you. Very rich, filthy rich because of the monies that come towards their direction. So a prophet will move from one place to another, from one town to another, from one church to another, from one city to another, from one country to another. And as they are going along, solving people's problems, they are collecting money, lots of money. And they have collected your money as well. Number three, the prophetic is also characterized by misconception. Some would say misconception. In other words, we have false prophets who dupe gullible Christians. They use prophecies to control, to manipulate, you know, and to destroy the lives of the people who have believed in what they are saying. Some of them are using the gift or using the ministry for selfish gain. We have a lot of charlatan prophets preying on unsuspecting believers, taking advantage of their naivety, so they can be able to get extra, extra shilling or an extra dollar, you know, from them. They abuse the prophetic, they abuse the ministry, and they end up hurting so many people. You know, I was watching another story of one of our musicians, a very top musician in this country, And she was explaining how she got married, you know. And she got married because another prophet came and told her, you, you should be married to him. And she said, how can I say no? And God has spoken. And so she got married to this man that she didn't love. Look, please, marriage has an element of carnality if you understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. The person you marry she will make the bowels of your system move. Yeah. I cannot go for instance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there, there should be some attraction. You understand? There should be some chemistry. Yeah, that's, that person should make your heart beat slightly faster. Give you some goosebumps. Yeah, Apart from just prayer, the Lord has said, I have seen you in a vision. The Lord told me. There should be some attraction. So there was no chemistry, but the prophet said, and the lady, okay, if the man of God has said, I have no choice, got married to this gentleman. And that was the beginning of pain. In her life disappointment in her life and she stayed in the marriage because of the prophecy not because of love so some prophets can really destroy people's lives yeah really hurt people you know but at the end of it is something that they are looking to gain from the prophecy that they have released upon the people that they are hiding they're hurting now during elections you can see that we have a lot of prophets You know, who prophesy conflicting prophecies. Some say this one will win. Some say this one will win. Some say this one will win. And all of them are using the name of God. Until you wonder, this God, how confused is he? That today he says, candidate X will win the elections. Tomorrow he says, candidate Y will win elections. Another one says, there will be no elections. say the Lord. Say, this Lord, how is he speaking? Until we get confused. That's why you realize during elections, you know, you can see that even some churches, they find themselves in problems. Yeah, because of prophesying. And they prophesy about somebody they believe will win. And then the person does not win. I remember when Trump was running, everybody was prophesying. Everybody was prophesying. You know, declaring that somebody else will win. Even some prophets in America, they prophesied. And Trump is the one who won. Then they prophesied again he will be reelected. And then he was defeated. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to be very careful. Very, very careful with prophecies, I'm telling you. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. When it comes to elections, me, I don't prophesy, I just tell you vote. Do what? Vote. Whoever wins, we move on. That's it. We align and move on. I don't even coerce my wife on who to vote for. That is her choice. Yeah. When the results start streaming in, that's when we start realizing who voted for who. <laughs> when you see one side is excited, then you know So we must be very careful, because prophecy is a mystery. God is involved. Please don't get me wrong. God is involved. It's a mystery. Number two, it's filled with mystique. Very fascinating. But also, it can be filled with misconception, where people are destroyed because of false prophecy. Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 32, the Bible says, Behold, I am against them that prophesy false dreams, says the Lord. So people can prophesy, but it's a false dream. And do not, and sorry, let me take that again. Behold, I am against them that prophesy false dreams, saith the Lord, and do tell them and cause my people to err by their lies and by their lightness. Yet I send them not, nor commanded them. Therefore, they shall not profit these people at all, says the Lord. Prophecy can be released, but if it didn't come from God, it will never profit you. I, mean, I need to say that again. Prophecy will be released. Somebody will tell you what you want to hear. And it will massage you, it will get you excited, but let me tell you, if it is not from the Lord, you will not profit. You will not progress. You will not succeed. That's why some people say, how come they prophesied about me that this year I'll be having twins? Ask yourself, did it come from the Lord? Because a lot of prophets are out here prophesying, and they know what you want to hear. They will tell you what you want to hear. They will not tell you what the Lord wants to hear. If you look at prophecy from the word of God, prophecy is both good and bad. There's a man who was told, set your house in order, you are going to die. It's still prophecy. But because prophets know what you want to hear, they will say, I see a cloud of death around you, but as a man of God, I scatter it. (laughs) Then the Lord says, you should sow a seed so that the cloud may remain scattered. (laughs) In dollars. But this prophet was told, go and tell this guy, you are going to die. Finished. Finished. That was the prophecy. So God says there are people who have gone out there, they're prophesying, they're saying so many things, but I have not sent them, and I have not commanded them. And God says their prophecy will never, ever profit you. They will massage you, they will get you excited, you will dance, you will write it down, you will even start praying for it, but because it didn't come from the Lord, it will never profit you. It will never move your life to the next level. That's why I'd rather have one prophecy from God than have a hundred prophecies which are not coming from God. When you understand this, you don't even need more prophecies. You don't even need many prophecies. You just need one from the Lord, and your life will change. You missed a place to say amen. Because now we are boasting of how many prophecies we have received. You know, the prophet from Burkina Faso prophesied over my life. And then the prophet from Senegal prophesied about my life. Then we have another one from Nigeria who came recently, prophesied about my life. Then we have another one from Tanzania who prophesied in Swahili over my life. (laughs) Now, it is about how many prophecies you have received. Me, I'm asking you, are they from the Lord? If they're not from the Lord, you're just being massaged. But it will never profit your life. One day, I was in a meeting we were with Pastor Mary. This prophet called us, we stood. He mentioned Asaph, he mentioned Ashley, he said a few things there. Pastor Mary was on the floor. Me, I, I was still standing. I wanted to wait what he what he will say
1: after.
0: <laughs> I want to hear what he will say after, because you see, if you tell me what the names of my children is good. Yeah. My daughter is called Ashley. Fine. My son is called Esther. Fine. So what? What next? But some of us, that's where we go wrong. You cry. (laughs) Uh, uh, Usher's are coming. They cannot even restrain you. Harry is there. He cannot restrain you. Reverend Wesmas comes for a reinforcement. (laughs) Still, it's not working. They look for a bouncer in the church. After that, when you cool down, they ask you, so what was the prophecy about? You cannot even say it. You can't say it. People will prophesy, but at the end of the day, is it going to profit you? That's the bottom line. Anything you say, is it going to profit me? Is it the Lord speaking? Because if it's not the Lord speaking, you're wasting my time. And I don't want my time to be wasted. Maybe you, you want your time to be wasted. For me, where I've reached in life, I don't want my time to be wasted. Don't bring my emotions here. Here, 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 here. Here. Then when I'm dancing up there, you leave me. (laughs) Tell your neighbor, please, do not waste my time. (laughs) How many don't want your time to be wasted? They don't want my time to be wasted. I have so much to do. Yes, I have so much to do. Build the kingdom of God. So if you're going to say, thus saith the Lord over my life, be very careful. Yeah, because if you attach, thus saith the Lord, I take it very seriously. But if I take something very seriously and it's not from the Lord, the Bible says here, it will never profit my life. So this begs the question, what is prophecy? Number one, prophecy is a message from God. Prophecy is a message from God. Remember, we are talking about the language of the kingdom. Prophecy is a message from God. The Bible has phrases that indicate a direct message from God delivered to an individual or even a nation. First Chronicles chapter 4 and verse 7, the Bible says, Go tell Jeroboam. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel. So that phrase indicates that that prophecy was a message that was from God to be delivered to an individual called Jeroboam. 2 Kings chapter 20 and verse 1, In those days Hezekiah was sick and near death, and Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. So it was a message from God. The prophecy was a message from God to these individuals. Secondly, what is prophecy? Prophecy is inspired utterance, predicting the future. Prophecy is inspired utterance predicting the future. It is not just you predicting the future. Whatever you are saying is under inspiration. It is the Spirit of God brooding over you, taking over your faculties. So whatever you are speaking, you are not speaking out of your own preference. You are under the intoxication of the Holy Spirit. No wonder it is called inspired utterance. And you're predicting what's going to happen in the future. It's like God has taken you from the present into the future to see what's going to happen. And you can be able to speak it over nations or over individuals. But remember, you must be under inspiration. Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14 is a prophecy that Isaiah spoke about the future. And the prophecy was about Jesus. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. And behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. A virgin shall conceive. This is a prophecy. By the way, tell your neighbor, by the way, neighbor, I am a virgin. All right, let's continue. Why are you people laughing? <laughs> Tell your neighbor it's by the grace of God. So Isaiah prophesied many years about a virgin, but he didn't say the name. Oh. He didn't say the name. Because the Bible says, we see in part, and we prophesy in part. He didn't say the virgin's name will be Mary. He just said she will be a virgin. It can be Susan. It can be Mary. It can be Carol. It can be Dolly. <laughs> he didn't attach a name to it because we, proph- we see in part and we prophesy in part. We see in part and we prophesy in part, in fact, sometimes when a prophecy is so clear, I put some question marks. Hmm? You can see the color of my socks. You can see the trousers I, I I I wore yesterday, the the meal I ate yesterday, the dream I had yesterday, the color of my vest today. You can see what I ate 2017, 16th of 2017, March. Even me, I don't remember what I ate. You, you can see it. And where I ate it from. Hey. hey, please, unless if I'm reading a different Bible. Isaiah could have said she will be called Mary. She will be a virgin. But God did not allow him to see the name. He only allowed him to see her status. She will be a virgin. And she shall conceive and bear a son and shall his name be called Emmanuel. Luke chapter 1, verse 26, the prophecy is fulfilled. Now in the sixth month, the angel, Gabriel, was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Isaiah did not even talk about the city. Named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, and of the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary, and having come... Having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. The angel said to her, behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. And shall call his name Jesus. So Isaiah prophesied. He was taken into the future. And he saw a virgin conceiving bearing a son. And in Luke chapter 1, we are seeing that prophecy being fulfilled. So prophecy, ladies and gentlemen, is inspired utterance predicting the future. Number three, prophecy is also the proclamation of God's word. The proclamation of God's word is prophecy. That proclamation can be over an individual, can be over a nation, or can be over a community or even a situation. The proclamation of God's word over a situation, over an individual, over a community, over a family, can also qualify to be prophecy. The vocalization of God's word is a prophetic proclamation. 1 Peter chapter 1, and verse 19 to 21, the Bible says, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that you take heed, I'm reading from KJV, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star rise, arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation, though the prophecy came not in all time, by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. What did they speak? They spoke the word of God. What did they proclaim? They proclaimed the word of God. And that word of God is what the Bible calls the prophecy of the scripture. Somebody shout the prophecy of prophecy of the scripture. So when you speak God's word, you are prophetically proclaiming God's predetermined will over it. Let me say that again. When you speak God's word over a situation, you are prophetically proclaiming God's predetermined will over that situation. The word of God is the prophecy of scriptures. The Bible says holy men spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. They were prophesying scriptures. So what we are reading in the Bible is prophecy. You're very quiet. I say what you are reading in the Bible is prophecy. So when you speak that word, you are prophetically proclaiming God's predetermined will over what you're speaking over. So if you're speaking over an individual and you speak the word of God, you're prophetically proclaiming God's predetermined will over that individual. When you have a situation and you speak God's word over that situation, you are prophesying, my friend. You are declaring God's predetermined will over that situation. That's why your situation, most of the time, will never agree with the word of God. That's why you have to speak the word of God over your situation. Because you are declaring God's predetermined will over that situation. I wish I had a witness in this house. Look at the neighbor, tell them, it's time to prophesy. Or they didn't hear you, touch them again and tell them, it is time to prophesy. Hmm, can we go deeper? How many are ready to prophesy this morning? This service we are going to prophesy. We are going to proclaim God's predetermined will over every situation in in our lives. Can I hear an amen in this house? Can we go deeper? Joel chapter 3, verse 9 to 10. The Bible says, proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. Wake up the mighty man. Let all men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Then it says, let the weak prophesy. glory to God. Yes, you are weak, but prophesy. Let the weak say, I am weak. Let the weak declare what the situation is dictating to them. Let the weak declare what the feelings are telling them. No, the weak should prophesy. The weak should proclaim God's predetermined will over their situation. Yes, I'm weak, but I'm going to say I'm strong. Hey, hallelujah. You're prophesying. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Because with God, there is no weakness. Mm -hmm. That's why he has given you his word. So when you're feeling weak, instead of saying, I'm weak, I am quitting. I'm giving up. I'm letting go. I can't do this anymore. I think I need a break. God says, don't say that. Begin to prophesy. Begin to say, I'm strong. I'm feeling kind of weak, but I'm strong. I'm feeling down, but I'm strong. I'm feeling like giving up, but I'm strong. Come on, I wish I had prophecy in this house. Prophesy! Oh, yes! Mm, Can we go deeper? Job chapter 22, verse 29. The Bible says in KJV, when men are cast down, then you, instead of saying, oh, we are finished. We are done. When men are cast down, you shall say, you shall profess, you shall proclaim God's predetermined will and declare there is a lifting. There is a lifting. I know everybody is going down, for, but for me there is a lifting. Businesses are going down. For mine, it is being lifted.
1: Churches are closing, but our church is growing. There is a lifting. Give somebody
0: a high five and tell them it's time to prophesy. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let the weak say I'm strong. Let the poor say I am rich. When men are cast down, you, you shall say there is a lifting. Hallelujah. The economy is doing well, but we shall build. Our shilling is stumbling every day against the dollar, but we shall
1: build. We shall build. I say we shall build. The pillars will go up. The slab will be put. The windows will be put. The roof will be put.
0: You are prophesying. Yeah. Sit down, sit down. Mark chapter 5. I want to show you something. This is a woman who has been bleeding for 12 years. Bleeding. 12 years. I'm sure she was weak. She was emaciated. Because if you bleed for 12 years, that's a long time. I don't know about you. Me, when I see blood. When I see blood. That's why even when I'm I'm driving on the road and there's an accident, I I ask, which side? When they say left, when I get there, because I'm not very good with blood. You understand what I'm saying? I cannot watch horror movies. Some of you enjoy them. God bless you. I can't. One time I was on Twitter and somebody was really talking about a series on Netflix. So I said, let me go and check it out. And there were so many reviews there. Everybody was talking about it. I said, let me go and watch it. So I told Pastor Mary, come, come, come. There's this new series I want us to watch. (laughs) Then we sat. The first scene is the emergency room. I said, put it off. (laughs) Put it off. How can we start a movie with blood? I can't handle it. I never watched it. No matter how nice it is, I never watched it. I'm not very good with blood. Can you imagine this woman bleeding for 12 years? 12 years is a long time. Very long time. And she was bleeding. And she's a woman. That can scare you. That can worry you. Then she went to doctors. Nothing. Hmm? She went to physicians. Nothing. In fact, the Bible says her situation grew worse. She was still bleeding. Taking medicine, but bleeding. Taking morning after, but bleeding. <laughs> Only the legends understand what I've said. <laughs> then one day she heard that Jesus was coming to the city. And I want you to see something here. This woman decided to profess her. Look at Mark chapter 5, verse 20. don't know where we can start from. Maybe verse 20. Five? I'll show you something. Verse 26. Move quickly. She had suffered many things for many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was not better, but rather grew worse. Verse 27. What did she say? When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. You see, the scripture is taking us to what she did, and then the scripture is going to take us back to what she said before what she did. Look at the next verse. For she said. <laughs> if only, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. By the time she was touching, the prophecy was already in place. <laughs> That's why you have to prophesy. She was bleeding. But she still says, if I can just touch, 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 if I can just touch. And she started prophesying her healing even before she touched the garment of Jesus. By the time she was touching his garment, the prophecy was already in full force, ready to work on her behalf. That's why you have to prophesy. Look at your neighbor and tell them, you can't be quiet. You have to prophesy. You have to declare God's predetermined will over your situation. It doesn't matter how long it has persisted. It doesn't matter what has taken place. It doesn't matter how deep the pain is. If you can just prophesy, I'm telling you things will turn around. Tell your neighbor, prophesy. Job chapter 22, verse 28, the Bible says, you will also decree a thing and it shall be established for you. Whatever you say, you will see. Whatever you declare, you will see. Hallelujah. That's why every morning I want to encourage you to prophesy that we are finishing the building. Every morning when you wake up, prophesy that we are finishing that cathedral. Can I have an amen in this house? It doesn't matter at which level we are in, just keep on prophesying. Declare that we shall finish. Declare that we shall worship in that building. Declare that we shall open that beautiful cathedral. We shall pray from that place. We shall worship from that place. See yourself in that cathedral. See yourself in the balcony. See yourself lifting up your hands in that place. See yourself enjoying the ambience and the music and the preaching in that cathedral and prophesy that we shall finish it. Do I have prophets in this house? Look at your neighbor, tell them, prophesy. The language of prophecy does the following, and then we shall prophesy. Number one, the language of prophecy frames the future. The language of prophecy frames the future. What you say begins to rearrange your future. What you declare begins to form your future. What you speak begins to create your future, your world. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 2 to 3, the Bible says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. It is the words that God spoke at the beginning that they were able to frame, to frame the world that we are living in. What you see in this world is a product of words. Even you, you are a product of words. God says, let us make man. When he spoke that was it. You understand? Everything you see, the trees, the animals, the soil, everything you see is a product of words. What God spoke in Genesis chapter 1 is the future that is, is now, what God spoke was the future that we now live in today. So you have to frame your future. Speak. Hallelujah. Don't cast your future. No. Even if things that have don't curse it, speak good things about your future. Yes, begin to declare things like, I see myself doing well. Yeah, I see myself living better than the way I'm living today. Yeah, I see myself moving from this flat to the leafy suburbs of the city. Oh, yes, that's my future. I see myself moving from this bed sitter in the name of Jesus. Oh, I see myself walking down the aisle with Mr. Handsome and Miss Universe. Hallelujah. (laughs) I see myself driving a very nice car. That's how I see myself. I see myself flying. Yes, flying. Yes, business class, first class. Flying from one place to another. I see myself doing great things. Hallelujah. So you have to use your words. So tell your neighbor, prophesy your future into place. Tell them again, prophesy your future into place. You see, the other day I, I, I went to the land there and I stood where the stage is and I started preaching. And I could see people. And I was preaching. And I said, Even you at the balcony, shout a big amen. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Tell your neighbor, prophesy your future. Tell them again, prophesy your future. Even prophesy the future of your children. Everything you see today is a product of words. Prophesy. Don't be quiet. Prophesy. Declare great things. I will live and not die. Hallelujah. I will cross 70 with ease. I will not have health complications. I will age gracefully in the name of Jesus. Prophesy and declare things. Hallelujah. Even speak to your body and say, if there is a cell in my body that wants to introduce cancer in my body, may you die right now before you bring complications in my body. My future will be cancer-free, diabetes-free, high blood pressure-free, leukemia-free. I wish I had a witness in this house. You need to frame, frame your future. Prophesy and speak good things about your future. Don't just be quiet. You are waiting for a prophet from Burkina Faso <laughs> to come and tell you things about your future. Start now. You understand what I'm saying? Because we have left a lot of burdens about our future to prophets. I was in a meeting, and in that meeting, everybody came for a word not the preaching prophecy. People were even fighting for seats because that prophet used to use a particular aisle. So you come early, you book a seat on that aisle because he will come on that aisle. So as he's passing, people are trying to get his attention. So even if you're not deep, you know deepness, You don't know deepness. Can I demonstrate to you
1: deepness?
0: (laughs) So, in a normal service like this, you are not deep. But in that meeting, when the prophet is coming, you want to show him that you are deep. So he can call you. So I was in that meeting. And first day, second day, th- the last day the prophet is leaving, some people became discouraged. Because I've been coming from the first day, he has not called me. He has not called my name. He has not told me anything. And I remember after that meeting, we had to do a lot of counseling because these believers were discouraged. How can I come to a meeting? I even, some even say I even fasted positioned myself i was deep and he passed me they were discouraged i remember a lady crying
1: yes how oh, can he pass me and i was right there right there he passed me
0: she was crying Instead of waiting for the prophet to come and pass by your isle, professor. I wish I had a witness. I said, professor, speak into your future.
1: Declare what you want to see. Hallelujah. Slap your neighbor and tell them, professor. Cup
0: in the morning, put your hand on your head and say, you, you're going to make it. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you're going to make it. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I look at the mirror and I talk to myself. I say, you are anointed. No matter what anybody says what, you are anointed. You are for signs and wonders. You are a pastor of a mega church. Oh, you will travel the world. The world is waiting for you. And in every country you go, miracles will take place. The dead will be raised. The lepers will be cleansed. Blind eyes will be opened. You will preach the word of God to the ends. I speak to myself. I don't have to wait for somebody to come and tell. I see you traveling. They should say to confirm what I've been saying. Tell neighbor, prophesy. Tell them again, prophesy. Frame the future, prophesy. Number two, prophecy obliterates obstacles. Prophecy will remove obstacles from your way, it will deal with hurdles that are planted on your way to destiny every time you engage in something that you want to do you will encounter a lot of obstacles nothing comes easy isn't it nothing comes easy you can see pastor tina and mark they are married but let me tell you they overcame hurdles to get where they are hurdles yeah you don't just get married you overcome hurdles Yesterday, I was with some people and they were giving me stories. The gentleman was giving me a story of how the lady was stubborn. He's throwing hints, but the lady is not catching the hints. Until I asked the lady, were you not seeing, or were you pretending that you are not seeing? Surely somebody comes to your birthday party, well dressed in a suit and a gift. And you can't see. How blind are you? Hi. Everybody else is not smartly dressed, but this particular guy with a suit and a gift and the person you are thinking you should get married to did not even bring a gift. Surely. Hi. Hey. Anyway. Anyway. Oh man So anything you want to do you, You have hurdles And you have to overcome the hurdles Amen You have to overcome the hurdles If you start a business there will be hurdles If you start a church There will be hurdles if you say you want to get married, there will be hurdles. If you say you're going to um, uh, you're going to do further studies, there will be hurdles. I'm telling you the truth. And let me tell you, the the older you grow, the harder it becomes to read. <laughs> because already you think you know. I know of a guy who went back to school, and he. He found himself arguing with the professor. So he dropped out. Because all the years he has learned a few things, you know, through experience, which were conflicting with the theory that the professor was teaching. So every time the professor is teaching... He said, but me, I have learned this through experience. Professor said, no, this is a curriculum that I have to teach. He said, no. This is practical. Yours is theory. <laughs> he dropped out. Handles. It's not easy to go to class. And you're seated in class. You, are, you look around across the room. You're surrounded with 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds. 25 years, olds and their bellies are out. Is it called crop top? You, you have covered, you have covered even your neck. Your neck is covered, I'm telling you. The skirt you are wearing is literally sweeping the floor. You have to overcome that hurdle for you to graduate. Otherwise, you will never graduate. Anything you decide you're going to do, let me tell you, there will be hurdles. Nothing comes easy. I'm telling you the truth. Nothing comes easy. That's why we must prophesy. You have to... For this person to graduate, you have to keep on telling yourself every day you go there, I'll, I'll graduate. I'll graduate. I'll graduate in the name of Jesus. I'll graduate in the name of Jesus. You see the crop up. you say, In the name of Jesus, I'll graduate. I'll graduate. In the- <laughs> Nothing will deter me. I will graduate in the name of Jesus. If you don't speak like that, you will never graduate. So tell your neighbor, Professor. Am I helping somebody here, Professor? Look at what Paul says in First Corinthians chapter sixteen, verse nine: For great and an effective door has opened to me, and they are many adversaries, many obstacles. Nehemiah, when he decided that he wants to build the wall in Nehemiah chapter four, verse one to three, some guys rose against him. When Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. And he spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish, stones that are burned? So he encountered all these guys that were laughing at him. There's one guy called Tobiah who said, Whatever they build, even if a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. But he refused to be stopped. He kept on going. You have to prophesy. Because when you prophesy, you see, prophesy will pulverize obstacles. It's a (laughs) word. Prophecy will pulverize obstacles. When you prophesy, No matter what is standing before you, it will melt like wax because of the power of prophecy. Amen. Mark chapter 11, verse 23, verse 21 to 22, 23 there. The Bible says, whoever says to this mountain, that is prophecy. Hmm? Mark 11. Is it 11 or 10? Whoever says to this mountain, verse 22, what does it say? 22, that's my hand. Jesus said, have faith in God, verse 23. For surely I say to you, whoever says, whoever prophesies to the obstacle, to the mountain, and tells the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Any mountain listens to To prophecy. Oh, you didn't hear what I say. I say any mountain in your life answers to prophecy. The reason why the mountain is growing taller is because you have shut your mouth. But if you can speak to that mountain, if you can speak to that obstacle, if you can speak to that hurdle and say, from today I declare, be uprooted, be cast into the sea. And you never doubt what you have said. The Bible says it will happen exactly as you have said. Tell your neighbor, it's time to prophesy. As a man of God, I prophesy every mountain in your life, every obstacle in your life, every difficulty in your life, every hurdle in your life, I prophesy, may it be uprooted, may it be thrown into the sea in the name of Jesus. Anything that is standing
1: in your way, blocking your view, Impeding your speed, interfering with your momentum, that you cannot move forward. May it be
0: uprooted and be cast into the sea. Shout aloud, Amen. Amen.
1: Give somebody a five and tell them, Professor. Yeah. Tell them again, Professor. Yeah. Tell him the third time, Professor. Yeah. Look at another one who is so quiet in this service. Shake them a little bit and tell them, Prophesy to that mountain. Hallelujah. Let every mountain be
0: uprooted. Let every mountain be flattened
1: by the power of prophecy. Every mountain. That stops you from becoming a millionaire may it be uprooted and cast into the sea. Every mountain that has made you not to be married for many years may it be uprooted and cast into the sea. Every mountain of barrenness, of stagnation, of disease, of weakness may you be uprooted and cast into the sea. If you believe it, shout aloud an amen in this house. Somebody give God a praise.
0: I don't have time, but let me walk this number three. Number three, prophecy. Supernaturally summons resources. Prophecy. Supernaturally summons resources. Because every project requires resources for it to be completed. When resources are not available, what you desire to build will never rise from the ground. A language of prophecy supernaturally summons resources from unlikely sources to come to where prophecy is being declared. (laughs) Genesis chapter 1, no light, no nothing. Then God says, let there be light. The prophecy. summoned light from wherever it was to show up. My Lord and my God. Tell your neighbor, things are there. It is you to know how to get them. (laughs) Resources are there. Nobody should lie to you. There is no money in Kenya. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie from the pit of hell. There is money in Kenya. A lot of money in Kenya. Oh, oh, this country, there's no money. Look at the way we are struggling. There's no money. I think we need another government. There's no money. You don't need another government. You need to summon resources supernaturally through the power of prophecy. Yes, yes, yes. Tell your neighbor there are things. It is how to get them. There are no houses in Kenya. So many houses. Houses are being built every day. Day and night. There is no space in the city for business. It's a lie. There is. When I look around in this church, I don't see anybody I can marry,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Open
0: your eyes and prophesy. This church is fertile with wives, fertile with husbands. Pastor, when I look around, I, I just see sisters. Yes, they begin with sisters or they begin as sisters. But when you engage the prophecy, one of them, when you look at her, you don't see a sister. Tell your neighbor you need to prophesy. There are no jobs in Kenya. Lie! They are there. You need to prophesy. I cannot go to the university, four years, graduate to tamak. Who? Me. It's a lie. I will not tamak in the name of Jesus. I will never tamak. My children will never tamak. My lineage will never tamak. Nobody in my family will tamak. I shall not tamak. The moment I graduate, I will be hired. The reason why you're tamaking is because you're quiet. You have heard people say, when you leave the university, you will tamak. You have accepted what they said as truth. And when you accept it, it will work for you. At the tamak until your shoes are worn out. After your shoes are worn out, then you can get a job. Not for me. Not for my children. Not for my lineage. Not for my seed. I didn't go to the university to waste time. I went to prepare for life. By the time I'm graduating, God knows I'm graduating, a vacancy must be created somewhere so that I may feel it. Prophesy! Tell your neighbor you will not tamak. Tell them your children will not tamak. In the name of Jesus. Tell them your children will not be jobless. In the name of Jesus. As a pastor of this church, I bring you under the canopy of possibilities, a canopy of resources. If you need money, step into an, a dimension of money in the name of Jesus. I prophesy resources. I prophesy increase. I prophesy job opportunities. I prophesy business opportunities. Hey! I prophesy traveling opportunities for you in the name of Jesus. Sound yes if you believe it. You have to speak it, you have to say it. Hallelujah. Oh, you know, in our family, hey, in our family. Oh. In our know, family, Pastor, you don't know how family. I think our family is cursed. I think our family is cursed. That's why we're struggling. Hmm. If I can give you my story, Pastor, you'll understand. It might be in your family, but it should not be in you. Did you hear what I say? It might be in your background, but it should not be in you. For you, you're different. You're getting rich words. You are under a serious anointing. Great word of God, serious anointing. You are under prophecy. Hey, prophesy good things over your life. Oh, yes. And summon every resource that you need for where you want to go in the name of Jesus. You see, when you summon resources, they are the same resources that God wants to use to build his house. It's the same resources. Resources will not fall from heaven. No. When you say it, then God brings it in your hands. And then when God requires part of it, you give Him because you recognize it came from God. Yeah. Tell your neighbor you have to prophesy. Huh? I wish I had time. Man.
1: God. Hmm.
0: Luke chapter 4. Then at your own time, read Ezekiel chapter 37. You can stand to your feet. I'm done. Luke chapter 4. Give me the scripture. Then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned. Let me see which verse I can read. Is it Luke chapter 4 or chapter 5? I think it's chapter 5. if I'm not wrong. Oh. Yes. Chapter 5. Tell anybody, it's the last scripture. So it was that the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake. Who is this Jesus? Verse 2. And saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put a little from the land. And he sat down in the boat and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. He's telling him, the next move you're going to make, this is a prophetic proclamation. If you can just let down your nets. Here. After this service, there is a catch for you. And Peter behaved like the people who did not clap. Look at what Peter said. Simon answered and said to him, Master, I Si India to go ground.? Eh? Give me the verse. Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. This is the reality I want you to know." But then he said, "Nevertheless, at your prophecy, I will let down the net. It was the same location. Same place, same lake. Few hours ago, when the fishermen went to the same place, same location, there was no fish. But after the prophecy, what happened? Next verse. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. What happened? When Jesus, when Jesus spoke, the fish that had gone for holiday, the fish that was migrating, like salmon fish, migrating to another region, all of a sudden, slammed on the brakes. They say, eh, there is a prophecy. We have to obey the prophecy. Can you imagine all types of fish coming to that place? Tilapia, Ngege, Mbota, Omena. Which other one? Kamongo. Eh? Obambla. But I miss Obambla. Obambla. All types of fish. They slammed on their brakes. They said the master is calling. There's a prophecy. Is a prophecy. And I can prove to you that, you see, the net they had didn't have the capacity to fish. All these types of fish that came to that location, when Jesus spoke, his word summoned resources. Summoned. That's why I told you, resources are there. It is the how. And I'm teaching you the how. So you have to prophesy. I say you have to prophesy. I say you have to prophesy. You have to prophesy. Prophesy to your business. Your business has only been bringing thousands and thousands. And I say, no, no, no. From today, I summon millions. I summon billions. I summon... Dollars, you have to summon them prophetically and declare, and the dollar will hear you. You say, "Wait a minute! Somebody's calling me. Somebody's calling me. Somebody's calling. let me, let me, let me, let me, let me type in the GPS. Oh, somebody's calling me at City of Transformation. My fellow dollars, we are being called. Can we go?" And they locate you. You summon shillings. They talk to each other. Fifties, hundreds, thousands. They say, we are being called. Where? City of transformation.
1: But if you keep quiet, they will never come.
0: It's a language of prophecy. You have to prophesy. Hallelujah. Yeah, don't wait for somebody to come and say, I see billions in your account. Before they say that, you've been prophesying. They are confirming what you've been saying. When they say, I see billions, instead of rolling and mucus are coming out, you say, yes. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. This is what I've been saying since the beginning of the year. You are confirming what I've been saying. Lift your hand for a minute and prophesy. Prophesy over your life right now. Proclaim God's word over your life. Prophesy. Declare. Declare what you want to see. Declare it right now. In the name of Jesus. Speak it, speak it, speak it.
1: Over your life, over your family, over your finances, over your children speak it speak it speak it whatever it is healing prophecy prophesy healing increase victory breakthrough elevation promotion the language of prophecy is in your mouth is in your tongue is with you open your mouth prophesy JOY! Prophecy! lord
0: we bless your name jesus hallelujah father respond to every prophetic proclamation that we have made in this place summon resources obliterate obstacles let our future be framed by every prophetic word that we have spoken let our children align with this prophecy let the building of this church align with this prophecy let finances locate our lives let resources locate our lives let our future be as we desire in the name of jesus fulfill the prophecies. fulfill the prophecies fulfill the proclamations in the name of jesus whatever we have decreed we declare that it has been established in the name of Jesus, we give you glory and praise. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. amen.
1: Hallelujah. I wish we can shout better than that. Hallelujah. Come on, come on, come on. Shout better than that. Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and tell them it is done in the name of Jesus. Look at another one and tell them it is done according to the prophecy. Look at another one and tell them I'm waiting for the manifestation of the prophecy in the name of Jesus. May what you have declared become a reality in your life in Jesus' name. May your future begin now. May the manifestation begin now in the name of Jesus. Do you believe it? Give God praise. Give God
1: praise. Give God praise. Give God praise. So every
0: day, prophesy. Amen. Even after this service, I want you to go to that site and prophesy. Prophesy that resources will come. Prophesy that the building will be completed. Prophesy. We shall not build for long. We shall finish quickly. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Tell your neighbor from today, prophesy. prophesy. Tell them again from today, prophesy good things. things. Amen. Amen. Every head bowed. You're here, you're not born again. Give me the privilege to pray for you. Is there anyone who is not saved? Jesus is not Lord and Savior of your life. You can shoot your hand. I pray for you. You're not born again. You're not saved. Don't live here without Christ. He loves you. Are you there? Father, we thank you for your word that has come to us. Hmm. Father, I pray for somebody here who really needs resources for their project, for their business. This week, I summon resources. On their behalf in the name of Jesus may they see money may they see finances may they see favor may they see open doors this week may they see your hand in their lives in Jesus name we all shout a big amen one more time give him a round of applause
1: bless his name glorify his name
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazutechero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.